Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of 1899. This is number five, I believe. Yes, entitled The Calling. This episode was directed once again by Baron Bo Odar and written by Jean-Jacques Rosé and Juliana Lima Dean. I give this episode a 10 out of 10. I think it's the best out of the series thus far. It certainly came with some well-earned answers, I believe. And I feel as if I'm in the right or was going in the right direction, but I still don't have a good grasp of exactly what's going on. And by the end of it, I pretty much was like, yeah, I need to go get some Advil and take some time to rearrange my life. Got quite a bit of notes on this one. So before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there. Uh, if you want to send feedback for the next episodes that I will be dropping once uh, or one per day this weekend. So six tomorrow, seven on Sunday, and then we should be able to finish it up on Monday. Uh, blackercouch.gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. Let's go. Mora wakes alone in a hospital gown with the bruises that she had on her wrists in a desolated area. Uh, there's also a house in the background. She runs to a grave with a cross that says, wake up. This propels her back to being dragged away by the orderlies in the mental institution. She cries out, I know what I've seen. I'm not crazy. I'm just the crazy slut with a dead husband. <laughs> she asks about her brother, Syrian, that he found out whatever her father has been doing with these ships. And she believes that her father had something to do with his disappearance. She's dragged into the same room number as the one on the ship. So 1011. I'm thinking at this time, and I wrote down in my notes, is this all happening in the subconscious? I know Mimi said she hates dreamscapes, but I feel like these people have been taken here by some unforeseen force. And I thought, aliens? It could be an abduction. Aliens are human, one or the other. She is strapped to a chair with the biggest fucking needle ever being inserted into her neck but it had that black goo in it before she is mentally back on board the Karebus, Karebus, however you say that word the k-ship where she hears her own voice say wake up and i need to go back and watch because i did not have time to do so but i will over the weekend one to see if I actually did see that glitch that I said I was going to check up on so I could find a timestamp. And did Mora tell everyone to wake up? That had flashbacks thus far. And I suppose we can figure out going forward as well. Because I know there's got to be more people with flashbacks. Are these memories? That's also a good question that I feel like may be answered later on in the episode. She wakes to Daniel very intently watching her. 
Who the fuck are you, man? He tells her they locked the child up because that is the rational thing to do when you cannot explain how someone was tossed overboard and should be dead and how they reappeared in a ball of fucking light. And also, who just falls asleep on the floor like that? Even if I was exhausted, I think I would have tried to find <laughs> something to pat in, at least in a different manner than just being sprawled out. She demands that the boy be let out when he starts to bang on where they put him. Now they know why his ass was locked up wherever they found him on the Prometheus. And I'm wondering, because I just had this mind-blogging <laughs> mind, that's not a word i just had this thought that they mentioned later on we never got this far on the prometheus did these some same very similar events play out and the boy got locked in and he never was let out the weapons are pointed at her and she is like i'm still gonna do what i'm gonna do like girl you are in a perilous situation right now okay a lot of people have a lot of questions and you ain't got no answer. Ike tells her, I'm not going to do anything until you give me something to make me not put your ass in a closet too. Also, I really dislike the intro. The way they changed White Rabbit, I haven't brought it up prior, but I do need to put this out there. They tried, but it just, it's no Ramin Juwadi. It didn't, it didn't fall. It didn't fall through. Franz below deck galvanizes everyone by pointing out that they still have control of the engine room and they should simply continue on course to America but won't see land until maybe three or four days. Finally, one of the officers points out why mutiny is usually heavily frowned upon and not really thought of because the punishment that comes with it is death. Oh, I knew it. But back to Mimi's point of yeah, nobody was thinking rationally uh, when they were in that mob mentality to overcome why it's a bad idea. <laughs> because no one's thinking about at the end of that journey what the consequences are going to be. Because they ain't just going to be able to get the fuck up off the ship. When Franz only has the we are fucked expression to offer to that inquiry, bitch Zilla, also known as Ibn, reminds them that justice will prevail for those following the light. Says every martyr before the flames. She tells them they will not surrender even if more sacrifices need to be made and I want her to choke on those words. Toby walks away in disgust, ignoring her mother's pleading eyes. Stop it. Get some help. She goes to find her brother, Crester, who's still just in a perpetual state of <laughs> on the cusp of tears. Broken and torn between religion and his mother's love versus his own sexuality. And there's the loss of his sister. I think that the contentious relationship with their mothers is something that both Fabio, aka Angel, and Crester have in common. They both remember their sister as the special one, unafraid of their mother, going on her own journey. Apparently, the plan was for Crester, Toby, and Ada to go to America and leave 
uh, her mother behind and father by default. Mother has been hearing voices for quite a while now. She thinks they're the voice. They're the voices of God or angels, but it is just madness. And they've been living in her delusional fantasy as sheep for far too long. When she points out that his fanaticism led to the murder of a child, he points out that she has murdered also. She says that was different, looking very affronted, realizing her brother, the only person she was staying around for, is a lost cause, now drowning. Under his own well of guilt, she grabs a loaded weapon and switches the side of the same. Well, I've done all I can do. An electronic type of signal is turned on. Lucien, who, by the way, Sploosh. tells Clement, is it Clement or Clements? I always want to say the French version, that he did love her despite his life being a lie. She's like, you're not a lieutenant. You didn't win any medals of honor. You don't have no land. And thinks that she had it easy. But you still the one that lied. <laughs> and how you gonna tell me I had it easy? You don't know my life story. With that baby pistol. That gun is for a toddler. Mara isn't the only woman involved in a love triangle, it would seem. And I'm like, oh no, triangles. There's like three already. <laughs> We got Angel, Romero, and Crester ends in tragedy. Mora, Ike, and Daniel also feels to be tragic. <laughs> Lucien, Jerome, and Clement, uh, tragic because Lucien is dying. And the other two used to be friends. This is just triangles all over the place. I see the metaphor and I am going to now be on the lookout to see what other ones fall into that scope. But we already got way too damn many. Oleg, because he friends with the baddest motherfucker in the room, demands to know what's next, Captain, who is having whispering conversations with suspect Mora. And Daniel, who lurks so closely, I'm starting to wonder if anyone sees him until there was a clear acknowledgement of his presence. <laughs> So I'm like, when did he get invited to this conversation that they was having? He legit freaks me out. But also, Sploosh. Toby shows up with her own weapon saying she knows how to stop her mother and is immediately drawn into what's in the box. What's over there? Why is there something banging? What's going on? Mara ignores all the guns and goes for it. But when someone fires, Daniel leaps to take the bullet and the entire room and everyone in it freezes. What? What the fuck? Of course, my brain was going construct, construct, construct. It's got to be construct. Hopefully, maybe. I don't know. She removes the bullet. So now Daniel gonna feel real foolish falling in front of nothing. <laughs> I like the fact that her hand was shaking like this should not be happening. This doesn't make any sense. However, I'm going to to see if this is actually something I can do. And then she removes the bullet. It reminds me of Umbrella Academy. That's why my mind's starting to go into too many directions. And I'm just going to let Mimi do all that. Mimi and Shy. I have <laughs> modest ideas. She releases the little boy who still doesn't have a name. And I'm not sure why his face is always a poutish type of 
sulky expression. But a little bit later, when he actually got lines, he looked like a regular boy. So I'm thinking they told him to look like that on purpose. Like, look like you're a a distressful devil. He won't answer her questions, but does take her away from the room where time is restarted and everyone is going nuts. Explain to me. Explain to me. And yes, I am a juvenile. Because <laughs> I did cackle very loudly when Daniel fell. Both Ike and Daniel wonder where their wife went, getting all tense about it, with Daniel looking a little freaked out as a siren goes off. That boy is not that strong that you can't get him to stop when you tell him to stop, as all the doors seem to unlike, unlock in the corridor simultaneously, like the tea sipping, and people pour into the corridors. Angel wants to know what's going on, Bullets going off, it's been time passing, and his ass been stuck in his room. Like Crestor, I think they're both cowards in a sense. Toby, pregnant, gets between two men to remind Ike he is the captain and has them to be concerned about, not this redheaded woman you just met yesterday. He tells them in English, look, I ain't got no explanation for all the supernatural type of shit going on. All I can tell you is our biggest problem besides whatever the fuck is the coal because no one is rational in it and we've been going full speed since I've been demoted and if we do not ration they will be dead in the ocean before reaching land and I don't think you're ever meant to reach land homie I think you're just meant to run out of coal and be left dead in the ocean so Daniel agrees they need to take control of the engine room and settle this mutiny once and for all then the ticking begins. It's the final countdown. The Grand Reaper has come aboard as many in a trance start marching to the beat of their own death. And the sound attracts Yin Lee's mama who joins them with her daughter coming out the bathroom like, where'd you go? What is the significance of those that are chosen and those that are not? Is it like Westworld and the ones that are aware are not success are not susceptible? Or is this just a natural ending to the experiment that should have went one way and is now seemingly going another? Or are these people chosen because inwardly they're all ready to die? Crestler certainly felt as if he were at the end of his rope. As he too joins in the march. Eben demands to know what is going on as Ankar sees the sun under the trance. And sadly in the engine room, so is our poor Landon. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 He left his his garlic behind and his friend picked it up. Bitchzilla said the devil is calling them. You know she might not be wrong because the devil is usually a man without a conscience. (laughs) All the people fall to their deaths going overboard on the rails. Only a few dramatically. (laughs) One felt like he did a twist spin like he was (laughs) doing doing an Olympic dive. 
Uh, but they all plunged themselves into the ocean. Poor Anker and Ying Li had to watch their loved ones perish. Clement and Lucien realize what is happening. And she grabs his hand tightly because when you have no one and Jerome ain't around, he'll do. Mora pulls the boy into a room and demands once again for him to talk to her. So he writes down they are listening before whispering in her ear, I can't tell you, you have to ask the creator. You couldn't have just whispered all of that? Sebastian puts in a code, not at all dismayed at the massive death march. The two sides come at a crossroads in the corridors, but Anker comes back to inform everyone that the people are jumping and that Crestor is now dead to the horror of his mother, who for once seems shook off, and so is poor Tovey. I felt more bad for Tovey. Anker feels as if he's just under the cult of personality, but you got children you got to look out for. You can't have her doing that to them kids. The boy leads Mora into the hatch where the beetle created a, or creates a doorway back to the desolate landscape that she was at at the top of the episode where someone half died since there is a cross or a grave there no name and the building in the background is the mental institution where she was kept but this also was a place where she was a doctor at daniel sneaks away and runs to mara's room once suspicion is finally off of him from ike and genuinely is freaked out at both having gone down the hatch there was a lot of fucks in this episode he uses his device to create a door to the same location he tells the boy who is standing over the grave and my question immediately is that his grave he says you shouldn't have done that it knows we're here now and i'm like it is that the simulation we never made it this far the boy replies maybe it will work this time indicating they've been in a cycle the boy tells daniel mara doesn't remember when he asks why she brought her, or he brought her here he assures the boy he and i'm thinking that he is henry singleton won't find him and that he must stay here as they are running out of time before they sink the ship and he must stop the signal it feels very much like this is a paternal relationship i'm going to stick to i think that mora daniel and this kid were a family at some point she doesn't remember them but they both seem to be interested in getting her to retrieve those memories ramiro starts running to find angel because now the people that are still not susceptible are thinking this is a contagion and they need to they need to strap themselves down so that they don't fall prey to it so Romero finds angel to uh tie him up or to keep him from actually leaving his room he has mentally deteriorated or did he actually go into some type of trance because i feel as if the same with ibn something took over jerome busts into lucian's and disarms him forcing both to tie themselves up clement and lucian she didn't even question she's like yes daddy everything i do Lucy 
chainsaw, kill me now. It doesn't matter anyway. It's like, bitch, I came here to give you the biggest fuck you of your life. I'm here because I'm trying to fucking save y'all, but not really y'all, just her. <laughs> and he ties himself up. Many follow suit with Ibn now catatonic after the news that Crestor jumped. Do I feel bad? Nope. Don't treat your children like shit. Don't talk about people making sacrifices if you're not willing to make the ultimate sacrifice or that being your child. And also, don't fuck up your kids. The only man still trying to do his job gets another message that says sink ship. Daniel goes back to being uh Kerber's version of Batman in the engine room. <laughs> I don't know why it cracked me up the way in which he jumped over <laughs> that rail, but it did. He's trying to stop the ticking. Landon's buddy, who's the only person still working in the engine room, or most likely just standing around, didn't think that he could even go upstairs, comes to investigate, and the two get into a tussle. He really could have just hung on to his justifiable life for much longer than he allowed himself to. Because he just got real nosy. Like, where'd you say he was from again? What's that all about? Like, dude, shut the fuck up and let me do my job. The keypad apparently can deactivate participants as well. Because when he starts beating him with a shovel and choking him out, he just pushes a button and poor Landon's friend is just out code. But what is interesting is Daniel saying that if I don't stop it, it will start all over again. And that's when I said, that's got to be simulation confirmed. So Mara at the Minstel, Minstel, at the Minstel, <laughs> Mara at the Mental Institute is in memories, right? So now who are they? that are watching and i think that has something to do with her father is the simulation in control these are the questions i had at this moment and who is in the unmarked grave she goes into the same room 1011 and confronts her father about syrian and demands again to know where her brother is we've seen this this conversation repetitively she's injected with the black goo clearly didn't get what she needed after being told she is asking the wrong questions and is now back on the Caribbean. We lost that round, but it's not over yet. You get ready for the next one. At least she finally realized she needs an ally and runs to find Ike who wants answers. I love how you just be manhandling her. <laughs> she probably was going for a hug. The boy can stop time, she tells him, because she gives all of the tea. With the pyramid that he has, her father, Henry Singleton, when he takes her to his cabin, bought the ships and maybe conducting experiments because he's always been obsessed all her life with human behavior and how the mind works. And I was thinking, isn't that the, the field that Mora studied? The human mind? As well as in the memory, he did ask, what did you do with it? indicating she may have stolen something from her father could that be the pyramid itself is that some type of control all good questions franklin is her mother's maiden name and the ships are away ready to study the people on board is what she has surmised 
the letters they all got she believes are from her brother syrian as henry is short for henriette which is not only her middle name but her brother's nickname for her uh which is also her father's name interesting before i could even throw some suppositions in there she admits her father favored her over her brother and thus why he called her another version of their father because she believed that he believed that she was turning into her father thinking she's obsessive too over human behavior would that make her even more crazy if she lost someone her brother contacted her four months ago wanting them to meet at the same dock that the prometheus left which means her brother used her name as an alias or worse she was on that fucking ship and doesn't remember it something she also tells ike because either her brother was using her name as an alias or she was on that fucking ship because she's having some gaps in her memory and the bug shows up just in time because she was saying her brother was gone for as long as she lost something else but stops at that point she captures the bug then says uh let me go ahead and open ike's tunnel to a portal into the woods where his home is located because there's nothing like seeing to believe Having been converted as a member of the Gospel of Mora, both wonder how one can fit something like a ship or, I don't know, a whole ass house or mental institution into a ship unless you are way further in the future than you think or you are inside of your mind or in some type of construct, your consciousness is anyway. They go on a mission to see how many others I thought have these shafts, but no, instead they just go to the deck. <laughs> Sebastian is the one on a mission as every passenger must be dead by now because people were going overboard for a long time. I love how people were having casual conversations too. <laughs> as you just kept seeing people go whoosh, whoosh, <laughs> splish, splash, taking a bath um she actually doesn't think they're dead either something she brought up but uh poor guy poor guy he's like they want us to sink the ship i don't understand we got this message you don't need to understand as sebastian takes out one of those controllers that daniel has and seemingly deactivates him sebastian by the way is faux jared harris i finally found his actual name (laughs) maura doesn't think the people going overboard are dying i think i already mentioned that and she believes she figured things out before but her father is making her forget she knows she was a doctor at the mental institution but he is manipulating her into thinking she was the patient or you were the doctor and then he became the patient when you went insane though she actually doesn't recall who she is or even if she was on the prometheus and my brain hurted at that moment and hurt it is not a word but that's the feeling in which i had that's not all ike's like i I gotta tell you more my signature actually is on this passenger manifest page as well so i must have been the captain on that ship two meaning that they are both on a loop just on 
different ships. Unsettling synth music indeed. finally stops the ticking and angel coming back to his senses is happy that Romero came back he's like of course i did you didn't think they gonna look for Romero though that's not a good sign of a healthy relationship and i ship crestor and angel more sorry not sorry speaking of ibn once again recalls that her son is dead and the family comfort her do i still feel bad nope jerome after untying himself realizing that the sound has stopped Acts like Lucien doesn't exist when he asks Jerome what is going on. Just takes his gun, I fucks his wife, and leaves. Everyone convenes on deck with Virginia, saved in the nick of time from going overboard, saying, I have had the strangest dream. Latecomer Sebastian gives Ike the message he got from the company about sinking the ship once again. And Daniel, also the second person on board that is uh knowing more than they are saying confirms that the company must be trying to sink them so now we can get everyone aligned on the same goal and he did the same thing prior when they were talking about what should we do he got everyone into taking back the ship somewhere henry singleton gets a message from project Corobus. And he replies that he doesn't have much time when he reads it. Who is he? My guess is Sebastian. And that he needs to bring him the boy. And now we know who the boy is afraid of. Outside in a frosty landscape, as we saw a flash of in the first seconds of the series, is that damn pyramid. And he even has it on his lapels. Great music choice, but also... So I have already given what my my musings are at the moment of what I think is going on. And that is the perfect segue over to the feedback. So take it away as we head into the mailbag. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for 1899, episode five. I wish I had watched this episode um, during the weekend, but it was just uh, one of those weird weekends. Um, I didn't watch hardly any television or any TV shows. So I am trying to play my version of catch up, which is... Good luck with that. The good thing is it's um holiday week, which means um a lot of people are out on vacations or visiting whoever. So usually be a usually a slower time of the of the year for us. So that's good. Um as for this episode, look, you know, I, I know when uh, I mean I can I <laughs> I can admit when I'm way over my head and when I, I got nothing and when I'm just clueless, puzzled, I don't get it, whatever the case may be. 
Um, and so that's where I'm at with this. Um, I'm just, I've decided to just take it all in and cause I, I mean, I really, and just, you know, watch the episodes and see where it leads because, um, trying to figure out what's going on and why is this and why is that happening? Um, it's just too much, um, of a hassle. It's too straining, on the brain and I'm you know and it's Monday I usually don't try to give feedback on Mondays or Fridays because either uh, Mondays are a long day and my brain is just not up for the task or Friday is a long week and same thing my brain is not up to the task and I can tell I mean not that I don't think a Saturday <laughs> would have made much of a difference <laughs> this one so we finally, the boy finally spoke and he still gave a whole bunch of nothing. It started talking about the creator, um, something about the creator. Um, you know, you got to ask the creator, talk to the creator. And I'm assuming the creator is her father. And I'll just start out with that end scene. It was ta- I know I forgot to mention it before when we saw the TV screens but that this is definitely he is in another time because they I saw a telephone, we saw a lamp. Um I could have sworn we saw some machines in there. So and um Mora did say that her father was doing some type of experiment. So are they like inside this pyramid um with him experimenting on them? Like he's gotten some subjects and I don't even I see this why I'm trying to not trying to go down a rabbit hole, but I also am I mean I'm doing my best to try to figure out what's going on. So he's definitely in the future. And so maybe this whole thing is in the future, but they're um doing some type of experiment, um like like scenarios from the past. Um kind of thing. Like maybe there's something significant about eighteen ninety-nine. And I'm too lazy to look it up to see if there's some historical significance about that specific year um, in Europe or something like that. But um, yeah, the, yeah, she talked about her dad. I mean, you know, we saw the mental institution. She found out something. And so her father tried to silence her by erasing her memory um, or making her think like she's crazy or whatever the case may be. Um she says she's more a singleton and not Franklin. And so I'm like, so was like her great grandmother on this boat, on this ship and something happened. Um, but then we got the <laughs> the flash scene where they shot the um, the rifle and time stopped and she was able to pick it out of the air and everyone was frozen. And so I'm like. Uh, I mean, I don't, I can't even begin to know what that's about. I mean, like, you know, and they locked the little boy. And so, and then it's like, just like the Prometheus, that's why he was locked in that thing. But whereas before, we're wondering, well, why, where is everybody else? How did he get locked in there? Well, they locked him in there and then everybody must have jumped off the ship. So, like, and that's why he was there by himself because he was the only one left from what I can gather. So that's what happened with the Prometheus. And then he's trying again with um, 
whatever the name of the ship is. Um, I don't know. And now we're finding out that the captain was also the captain of the Prometheus. So they're like redoing something. And I think um, the guy, whoever the guy is, um, was telling the, I mean, the boy was telling the guy that, you know, maybe it'll be different this time. So it's like a, um, um, they're like redoing the experiment with the same people. But I don't know, because Moore was talking about how they're not really dead, even though they jumped overboard. So I, it's like, what? So, I mean, is it a simulation? They're not really dead. I mean, the the boy didn't die. He was thrown overboard and he ends up in, and he's like magically appears in the, the cabinet. I didn't listen to the four episode, the episode four feedback yet. So if y'all have some theories, I'm excited to hear about that situation, which y'all thought about that. Um, so yeah, so I'm like, it's almost like it's, a, um, yeah, like Lamora said, like he's trying to figure something out or get to the bottom of something. So he keeps redoing, but I'm like, I don't know why he needs to rename the ship. Um, and so, and why the Prometheus wasn't, they didn't say sink the Prometheus, but they said sink this ship. But then I'm like, why would you, um, why would you, yeah, it just, I mean, that I'm not connecting the dots on that. And then we got the first mate who has the same gadget as the, the guy, um, so I'm like, so are they getting messages? Are they, cause we could see, we see that when he did the, the moving parts, the guy, then the Prometheus disappeared and then he's able to like, um, so are they outliers in this whole thing? Like they're to control, make sure things, I don't know, but the man seems to be very protective of Mora and wanting her to complete something or fin or you know finish something in order to set things right. Um I don't know. I mean I mean I thought first I was like is that her brother but then like she's we remember her brother. And I'm like is that someone her again I think I said in my last feedback is a significant other cuz he's really like again protective of her and making sure that she's okay and they're her him and the boys seem to be upset that she doesn't remember so that's why I'm more not leaning towards her brother because I would think she would remember her brother even if they raised her memory because she's remembering her brother like she's talking about her brother so you would think he she would remember what he looks like so is it someone that she was dating was involved with you know I don't know. And then they go through these corners and I mean, these tunnels and then they like each um, cabinet leads to their past or a significant event in their past. And that that's supposed to mean something. I don't even I don't know. Um, I mean, at this point, like I said, I just want to just watch the episodes and, you know, let whatever happens happen because I'm not I don't have any credible theories on what could be going on these people just jumping overboard you know um poor um crest crester he just left i thought the dad would surely stop him but nope they can't even like how can you not stop them like some of them i'm not saying they would have stopped all of them but like really none of them you couldn't keep none of them from like throw them in a room and lock the door (laughs) 
I just find that really weird that nobody can stop anybody. It was like, or they got superpower or super strength once they are in this haze or daze or whatever, comatose state, whatever you want to call it. Um, So that's all I got. I mean, I didn't contribute much to this. So, um, yeah, but it's my thoughts is what I got. Um, for this one. So um, look forward to episode six and getting some more answers. You know, we see the pyramid and we got the little pyramid and the boy and everyone's looking for the boy. His boy is, means something. So um, I would have thought that was her child, but then I'm like, maybe it's a guy as a young child. I don't know. Anyway, on that note, till next time, much love, peace, and Black on Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. Thank you, Shy, for your thoughts on the episode. Um, don't have much to add because I think I am like y'all was the one jumping on that. I want to go down to the rabbit hole and I want to be down here. Yeah, yeah. Now you're coming back up to my my side of things where I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. I'm watching this as I go along. I'm not gonna stretch my brain too hard. I already stretched enough this damn episode. <laughs> but two things: um, they did try to stop people, but. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone's absolutely dead weight and you can't like they have no control over their body. It's amazing the strength of a human person. And it's never really brought into context until you have a situation because I think they did. It was about I mean, think of all the ones that were sane and that were surviving versus the ones that they would have had to stop. Yeah, I think they could have. Uh, put a couple of people in some rooms but it feels like at the end that everyone was kind of every man for himself like they were like we got to tie ourselves up or we could fall in susceptible to the same thing so I think there was an effort made but when you have six people against 1300 and they're all piling to the same place and you ain't gonna stop too many people but yeah i agree there could have been a couple of people but something was forcing them because even if you locked them in the room clearly they were getting out so i think whatever had a hold of them was far more powerful than anyone was gonna be able to do to stop it especially when it's that amount of people i think they said there was something like 1300 1100 i know it was over a thousand passengers versus the 13 15 maybe 20 at best people still alive uh, and not under the control. And lastly, uh, what did I mean by this? Well, if you don't want your controls to know, oh, why change the ship names? If you don't want your controls to know what you're doing, you try to keep everything relatively the same, or they might notice a pattern in the simulation that's different. Um, so I don't know. That's if I'm sticking to my simulation theory of why it would be different ships it could be different people but it doesn't seem to be the case but it could be i don't know um i still i think those are all question marks oh additionally since you haven't listened to the last podcast uh i think (laughs) because i'm gonna i'm watching for who gets credit and who doesn't get credit all right so i don't want to hear if they she ends up being uh he ends up being like a lover or a dog like you've thrown every scenario it could possibly be so taking credit for any of those i'm just letting you know <laughs> it's not true credit because throwing everything at the wall seems sticks 
and being like, I knew that was the son. I knew that was the son. Uh-uh. Or I knew that was the husband or something. Yes, we all are picking up on there's a familial type of connection there in some type of manner. Yes, I absolutely. I think we're all spot on on that part. What that connection is exactly, we don't know. But I just had to put that out there, that caveat, because it'd be funny. <laughs> I know I know you and Mimi so well <laughs> you be like um so I know I called it <laughs> but yeah I am looking forward to the to the four-day weekend that's for damn sure and I only work three days next week and then I'm on vacation woo and then I'm probably going to be going to another job not probably I am going to be going to another job sometime after the new year I just don't know if it's going to be that Monday or the Monday after so we shall see I think that's everything I wanted to mention in regards to your feedback. So let's hear what Queen Mimi has to say. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is feedback for 1899 episode five of season one. I don't see that you posted it, so I'm just going to try and get this out as quick as possible. Um, I haven't been feeling well and I've worked a lot in the last I would say I was working Thursday through Sunday and then Friday night I haven't felt good and I've just been sleeping on my last uh, couple of days off I work tonight and then I'll work tomorrow and then I'll be off for about 10 days so that'll be nice Um, I get a little recuperation before I start this new job so hopefully I'm not coming down with anything I've gone to the doctor and I've tested negative for everything but I still don't feel well so I don't know I always say you know your body and you know when something isn't right and I'm and I don't know if I'm just tired because my my job was kicking my butt or if I had something and then my body got rid of it and I'm just not testing positive to it anymore and I'm now I'm just in that fatigue stage I'm not sure doesn't matter but I couldn't I just couldn't get up enough energy to send this during like I was gonna send it on my uh when I was driving to work but then it was snowing so I couldn't do it then um and then the in between my work shifts I was just running late because I slept so long in between my shifts so I'm just gonna go with what I remember I watched this last week (laughs) it's literally been a week um so I don't remember everything um, I don't remember all the theories I had that I was going to go into, but I, I, um, I remember that they heard some type of sound and a lot of people were just like, like they were in like some type of hypnosis state and they started walking off of the ship. Um, I will say though, I do remember watching the geisha see her mom walk to the edge and I don't feel like like even with Crestor, I don't feel like they try hard enough. Now, I'm not saying I would know exactly what to do if I saw my child walking to the edge of the boat, but I know that I would be running towards them and if I wanted them to not stop screaming their name would be like the first step. And then if that did not work, my next step would be to tackle them to the ground. Like you're not about to jump off this ship. What the fuck is wrong with you? If I got to, like, knock your ass out, drag you to the ground, or lay my heavy body on top of you until you don't move, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I think maybe Crestor's father just didn't get there in time. But I know the geisha, she saw her mom. She was screaming her name. Her mom didn't acknowledge her. And then she, like, 
looked at her before she jumped off and I just felt like that was a chance like she had a chance to try and like run to her but she did maybe she was just in a like a frozen state she was shocked I don't know but I know that you know it it just it can't be a coincidence that the the tone like connected to people in a certain way it seemed like there was a like a lot of time like from when it when it first happened there was like a wave and then there was the next group of people and then they eventually like started to tie people down and like Jerome went in there with uh Lucien and his wife and like handcuffed him to the bed it was like you know I'm doing this to protect you well I I feel like he was talking Jerome was not talking to Lucien he was talking to his wife I still feel like there has to be some type of connection between them um I guess we'll never know about Crestor and Angel since Crestor decided he was going to jump off of the boat but they just that instant connection to me just can't be a coincidence even look at the geisha in Olak. same thing like he was i don't remember where he was going but he was in he got he was in like an uproar maybe trying he was trying to save people from jumping off the ship and then he saw her and like just nothing else mattered it was like tunnel vision he only saw her and comforting her seemed to be his main concern i need to stop her from jumping off or I need to stop her from being sad. Like that was the same kind of connection that Jerome had with Lucian's wife. I just I just can't imagine that this is a coincidence. I really feel like this is all they're all tied up. I don't know how. And like I said, I I watched it so long ago. I don't remember what I was thinking, but I know that like I keep seeing the connection and it keeps and it keeps ringing true to me. The other thing is we finally heard the little strange boy talk <laughs> and uh he said to what's his name Daniel the neighbor you know he said she didn't remember and I don't know it just it just it seemed like I'm really grasping at that that's his her son and I don't know if it's her son in another altered reality or if her son in the future i don't know but one thing i could say that i i just the entire episode i could not not see now maybe shy has more um solid evidence and she can back me up on this but i i didn't have time to look stuff up like i wanted to but one of the things i remember like i know um at the I think it's the how do you say the ship name the Corvus the ship that they're on um her um the main character the girl I'm blanking on her name and I don't even care to think too hard about it the redhead she um Mora she has a room number that says one one thousand eleven but when we saw her like having those like she was in that like like it looked like she was in a memory she that, that room number was the same the one thing i remember and i cannot not unsee is when you we walked when she walked to the door the door said mental health that is a phrase that is relatively new 
that's not what they used to call psych psychiatric um, facilities. Um, I remember, I don't remember um, when it was changed. I know for, uh, I know that when I was in college the first time with my bachelor's degree in psychology, I graduated in 2006. Um, but like mental health was a fairly new term. And I remember learning that from my psychiatrist, not my psychiatrist, my um, professor of uh, psychiatry, introduction to psychiatry. They used to have other names, but they used to, they decided that they had negative connotations. So they, they were really like going strong and trying to get everyone to realize that we shouldn't call it this. We should call it, we shouldn't call it that. We should call it mental health. I don't remember what the other term was, like behavioral health is something that's new. Like these terms are not something that they used to say back in 1899. Um, like I said, shy, back me up. Maybe I'm misremembering um, because that was a long time ago, 2006, but I'm fairly positive that that's a relatively new term and it's not something they used to say back in 1899. That's the one thing that sticks out to me and that's the one thing that I do want to point out. I don't know what it means and like I said, I am too exhausted and mentally drain to even try and think too hard this is one of those shows where you know you need all your <laughs> your brain powers to to get through that's why I haven't even went to the next episode but since I saw that you had not posted this episode I just wanted to get that out um I also uh uh was thinking about the um the wormhole that the that he opened with the pyramid like that's like it just showed up like that's the, I don't know this ship has to be something like I, I'm even leaning towards like alien technology um, but when we went to Mora's dad like in the facility he's at at the end there was a pyramid outside it didn't look like any kind of place I've ever seen it didn't look like Egypt but I mean it looked like it was cold but there was a pyramid there so I don't know. All this stuff is just swimming around in my head. And since I uh, wanted to get this out, like I said, I just I just wanted to just shoot around the stuff that I was thinking about. Um, don't remember everything in the episode, but, um, you know, them getting rid of everyone in the ship. I felt like that was something that's probably happened on the Prometheus. And I and I still stick to maybe the Prometheus and the Krabaris are are joined together because this is uh you know this time loop <laughs> and the little boy did say you know we've never made it this far before so there's just things that are are clicking here that are making me think that maybe you know my idea about it being you know some type of time loop um or you know something like that it, it might have some ring of truth to it um so uh i think that's all i'm gonna say from now so um I'll end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Queen Mimi, with your thoughts on the episode. Yeah, I was uh, kind of not feeling the best myself, and then my daughter wasn't feeling the best, so kind of put off this podcast till Friday <laughs> until today. So uh, glad you were able to get it in. I hope you're feeling better. Yes, for person ia i love how i write notes to your comments and i don't even know what the fuck i wrote 
Uh, so we'll come back to that. Yes, the instant connections. I do believe there's something about the past and the present here. Uh, your time loop theory still still is uh, high up there and what is actually going on because that still fits. It is the same room number as her number on the ship. Uh, I don't think I can do any math to try to see if that's an anagram. <laughs> I think the shy was saying, I don't want to look into 1899. I don't either. I really don't. I, I just, you know, <laughs> I've already made that clear. I have no time to do if I if I glance upon it, I shall maybe before maybe tonight when I'm really bored. I can't find myself being bored, though. I got a lot of stuff on deck. <laughs> that I'm still trying to do, which is read and get an exercise section in there. They were called asylums, not mental institutions. You are correct on that one, but don't ask me which year or I will defer to you on that one. Uh, but yeah, this could be, and I think you're correct on that one as well, sometime in the future. It has to be because the technology, I think we all came to that conclusion pretty much fits um oh i was saying for one person that's what i was saying yes for one person if you wanted to try to tackle them and save them like you were saying i think that could be a little bit more effective and that's what everyone decided to do was to focus on their loved ones and uh but everyone going back to what shy said why didn't they stop everyone i think that's it's like yeah we can't save you all so we're going to focus on the people we can. And yeah, I will say she was probably in shock. Like what, what's going on? <laughs> Why is everyone going here? You're not crazy enough to jump off the ship though, are you? But then when you see them other two people going, I would have been like, okay, mama, no. <laughs> but some people they do, they freeze when it it's, when it comes time to take any formidable action. I don't know how I would react, but <laughs> I would like to think that I would surely be doing the same thing, being more proactive and trying to stop the tragedy. And yes, Anker's father certainly got there too, too late because he even went up about three or a couple of minutes or maybe not that long, but a minute or so before his son, he noticed his son going up. And that's all I have uh, to to comment on your feedback. I think everyone is pretty much on the same page, but uh, <laughs> I think you're still the only one trying to, to really theorize before or figure out the puzzle before it gets to the end. I'm more like just trying to figure it out in the context of the episode. I think that's where Shy has retracted herself back from. So I don't know if you're going to get a cosign on this one, but we shall see. If you want to include yourself into the conversation, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black girl magic.